Welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully. This is a podcast to elevate teacher voice. In this program, you will hear teachers sharing their journey into this profession and their ideas for education. This is about honest, vulnerable, inspiring storytelling. It's a time and a space for teachers to share their ideas for the future of education. Teachers are beautiful beings who give their heart and soul to their community. They're innovators. They're inspirational, not only to children, but to the people around them and they deserve to share their voice. So welcome to The Teacher's Story. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully, and today we have Hope Patterson with us. And I met Hope through uh, some other colleagues on LinkedIn, uh, Hope Blecker and also John Shabari, who've both been on this podcast. So we have quite our educator circle. And so I'm so excited to have Hope here today. Hope is a transformational coach and education innovation specialist, and she's going to share with us today about her network, Hope Sparks Network, and Hope Brain Trust, which I've been learning about this past summer, and I have been part of uh, sitting in and listening to some of the series, and it's been really enlightening. So thank you for being with us today. It's my honor and pleasure. I've been looking forward to chatting with you, Jackie. This is such a joy. I feel like every time we talk, we're so aligned with how we see education. So I think we're going to get into a wonderful conversation. So excited. Um, my first question is usually like, what got you into education? And I know you have kind of a different path into where you're at now and like the work that you're building in this network. So just anything maybe from the beginning that inspired you to be in this kind of uh, place in this community? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to dive in. I'm always fascinated by people's trajectories and their line through their life. And I realized that I've always loved learning by doing. Um, in fact, that's what led me into entrepreneurship. I think as early as I could work, probably somewhere around 14, I could get a job, but I really enjoyed figuring out problems and also working with different people to make amazing things come together, like products or new services or building teams. And I spent much of my earlier adult life working on my own and others' businesses, startups in many sectors like food and nutrition and health and well-being, ag tech, ethical fashion, and when I had my own children, Jackie, early on, I started to become aware of how formative education was in how we move through life. I was watching my kids and really digging into what they were learning and thinking, huh, that hasn't really changed since I was little. Mm -hmm. And I was also noting that in my entrepreneurial clients, I was noticing many of them, grown-ups, were getting stuck on conditioning or the way they saw themselves because of their education. And this really light bulb moment for me. And I started to dive into education more and more. I was fascinated by the innovation happening and also um, the idea of learning through doing. I started to see a lot more opportunities and examples of really amazing educators around the world exploring new ways to learn. So I have been focusing my 
um, my work, my coaching, my networking uh, in the education sector more and more. And it's super exciting. Thank you. I love this like backstory because it's very different than the type of guests I've had on. And I like that you can have someone come into education in so many different ways and through your children and seeing how school was pretty much the same. And I've talked about this, that this, um, you know, industrial model, factory model from the 20th century, we're in the 21st century, the tagline's always like 21st century learning. And in the traditional school model, it really isn't. You can't just have a smart board and some computers and apps and say it's 21st century learning because it's not just about technology. Tech is a tool, but it's how we are, I don't know, uh, creating and innovating and using our mind in a new way. And so can you tell us a little bit more about like what you've done with your children? So you've seen this, you've had this through line with looking at your kids in school, then what did you kind of do as a parent to then say, we're going to do this a little differently before we go into some of the work you're doing now? Sure. I really had to get my big girl pants on and not just talk about it, but actually do something. And when I started to see my daughter, who I think was about four or five, experience serious anxiety in school, I was in the school setting and think she was around a lot of dysregulated kids and through no fault of their own and the school kind of schedule was just mm -hmm. it was not well suited to her very highly sensitive personality uh, my son who was a bit younger not the same he just more more exposure to um, lots of things going on worked for him but I was like ah oh, the school system does not necessarily in the curriculum, but also in the environment and the scheduling and the stressors doesn't work mm. for all kids. So I started to experiment, Jackie. I started to guinea pig with my kids and try different programs. We started a kids mindfulness program in Toronto for after school. That was really fascinated, fascinating. And I started to sort of build this network of really beautiful educators, yoga teachers, mindfulness teachers to come in and help to infuse kids' lives with that kind of programming and support and regulation that they couldn't get at school and their parents didn't have time for. Um, and this extended probably for a year. And I thought, okay, what about the big world out there? Let's try, perhaps trying on homeschooling or world schooling. I'd always wanted to travel with my kids. I know you like traveling a lot. <laughs> and I thought, how would it be to take our kids on the road? and try some of these new platforms that I've been hearing about, like Khan Academy was just starting to kind of bubble to the surface. And there were math programs that were fun. And I thought, I can do this. Mm. I had taught, full disclosure, I'm not an educator. I'm not a teacher. I taught in Thailand and Laos in my 20s, but not my own kids. But I was supported by my husband. We really rested on our trust fund, which is a fund of trust, not a giant bank account at the time. We rented our home. We packed up our, all our belongings and took our seven and nine-year-old kids on the road for the year with one plane ticket to Japan. And the rest was like wide open. And so we, we really had to dive in with a lot of bravery and show and body 
for our kids that you can take chances. Mm. You can dive into uncertainty and unknown. And as long as you keep your values intact and you continue to um, be mindful of how, you know, how it's working for everybody it and add a lot of creativity, um, anything really is possible. And we had an amazing year. Mm. The kids flourished. I think my son skipped three grades of, of the learning. We, we wow. learned in all different settings, as you can imagine. Um, and I think for the kids, they develop their own love of learning, different from each other because they're different characters. Um, and we developed a really amazing bond as a family. After one year, we ended up um, saying, we can't put that genie back in the bottle. And so we didn't move back to Canada. We ended up moving to Bali. The kids had seen the green school on their year away and said, oh, can we go to that school in the jungle? And we thought, if we can make it work, then, and you can get in, then we can do it. So we ended up uh, in Bali for the year after that. So again, another big, brave leap, which has led to so much amazing connections and uh, openings for our whole family. Wow. But what a journey. And going back to the green school, I had Kenny Peavy on the podcast in season. Uh, I think that was actually still season one. And then um, my Germany trip I took with my students this past summer, the trip I was leading, uh, co-leading with my head of school, we had presenters at the conference, uh, the summit in Berlin that also went to the green school. So there's so many well, connections kind of a that swirling hub of innovation around learning and yeah. family travel yeah all, all things amazing what I love about this is taking risks but doing this with your family and knowing that we have again values and that we will take care of each other and we are going to continually learning and it doesn't need to be a one-size-fits-all system and you can take something here, you could take something here, and you can, you know, really enrich their learning experience. And you're looking at them as individual learners, like learning needs to be individualized. And again, you can't, and I, you know, I feel for the teachers in the public school system. I mean, even in like, I'm in a traditional school system, because you have 150 kids on your roster, you have 30 kids in front of you, and you're like, differentiation yeah I'm going to try that but it's really hard but that's why we kind of need to break the mold a little bit of this traditional model because it doesn't suit actually a lot of kids like you talking about your daughter and how it didn't really work with the schedule and the stressors like honestly I don't think that works for most people it it doesn't work for most teachers it's um getting more ramped up more on your plate uh, more micromanagement and everyone's feeling like especially after the pandemic, which is usually like my next part I get into and having a little bit more space if, when we were virtual to kind of play, innovate, even though we're just like on Zoom and everything, it felt like we had a little bit more freedom and, and space to just try things out. And now we're kind of like back in that vacuum again. We can't put the genie back in the bottle. And that's what we're trying to do in 2022, 2023, so forth. And it's like, it's it's not working. And that's why you do see people leaving. You see teachers leaving. You see families pulling their kids because they're like, this doesn't work for us anymore because we were able to travel and do things before when it was virtual school. And, you know, we were able to just look at maybe other possibilities. So you have to take risks and look at what 
is best for each of your, your children. And it is teaching them something valuable that you can do this. It's a big world. You don't have to just think about this is my community school, go there for 12 years, you know, just do whatever the curriculum is that they tell me. And then there's a track to college or whatever that is. And it just keeps people in a very confined space. And so yeah, you're doing something I really good. I couldn't bold. agree more. Your, your beautiful point about breaking the mold, scary to do. And I think I almost liken it to like a muscle that we need to exercise every mm. once in a while. And believe you me, my husband and I literally had to push ourselves out of the nest. A lot of late night talks of like, are we ready? Can we do it? Is everything going to line up? Can we? And I think for kids to experience their parents when they're not in such a rat race, that was more important than any homeschooling, than any experimentation of their learning. For them to see us more regulated, calmer, feeling ourselves, because that's what my husband and I came back to, was how do we embody or show that you can take risks, that you can follow your dreams, that you can do things differently and enjoy yourself. For, for us, that was the greatest learning. And I'm watching my kids now in teenagerhood. Mm-hmm. They've really taken that to heart. Yeah. yeah. So now that you're back in Canada, what are your kids still, are you homeschooling? Or are they doing like another kind of alternative school kind of program or micro schools? There's so many different ways out there. Yeah. Well, we've experimented with so many. Uh, they've had world schooling. They were in the jungle in green school. They were at a local public school elementary in Toronto. They were in a country school in Quebec. My daughter spent the last two years self-directed homeschooling, which was really amazing. Her grade eight and grade nine. Um, my son is, is still at the, the local public school. And what I love is seeing them like navigate mm. all these different environments. And they're good with all of them because they're like, yeah. okay. I like learning. I like myself. I know myself. Now I'm in a different Mm. setting. What's this setting like? And I Mm -hmm. think that is a life skill to be able to drop in so many different spaces. Some good teachers, some not so good teachers, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that it impacts how they feel about themselves. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Being able to adapt, but always go back to the core of who you are. And that's why I think it's really important for children to have that, whether it's between parenting and schooling or both, getting to know who you are and being comfortable in your own skin because that's what you can carry through in so many different spaces because I see so many kids still struggling with self-esteem and confidence and thinking they have to get that from the teacher or from a grade from an honors program or whatever that may be but it's like no it comes internally and those external factors they're there. It's just like energy, right? But like you internally know who you are and know what your gifts are and, and what you want to explore. I think that's beautiful that the, your children have been able to adapt in all of these settings. I think they're going to be change makers. And you are, you're like molding change makers because they've seen so many different spaces. Not yeah. saying they might go into education as a change maker, but they've seen that um, and they, they're going to carry that with them into their adulthood as well. I can totally see that. I hope so for them. I think they're willing to be different, but also remain part of a community. Community to me is so important. And they also get that kind of channeled in their environment. So I think it's great to be different and follow your path and also 
be woven into a vibrant community mm. you support or you interact with. Yes. So that kind of goes right into the oh, brain trust. Um, and was this something that came out of maybe some of this, you know, experience you've been having with your children and traveling and different schooling environments? And or was it something that came out of the pandemic? Because that's usually kind of my next part. But how did you birth uh, all of this? Because it's it's beautiful what you created. Oh, thank you. Well, I would say when we landed from Bali rather abruptly, we had to literally jump on the last plane out, Jackie. And oh we were like, we're staying, we're staying in Bali. We'd even organized this like whole kind of community on the island of Bali to like, we're staying here, we're not going home. And then all of a sudden our parents were like, you need to come home. So we, we hopped on the last flight, came back to Canada and all four of us were like, huh? That's not what we were planning. And I got quickly to work to fill the gap of this amazing community and network I had been really kind of woven into in Bali and in Bali is so global. I would say a global network of people innovating. I work with tons of entrepreneurs still as a coach and educators. Um, so I thought I'm in this rural town in Quebec. How am I going to feed my need to connect with people? So I started to reach out and interview tons of people who were exploring new ways for their kids to learn. And I started an interview series, which then shifted into, I was sitting on a gold mine of all this information and all these connections. I thought, you know what? I'm gonna create a network where I'm gonna pulse out like a beacon for parents and educators who feel like they're all alone. They don't know that there are other people taking chances or starting mm. new businesses in education. Um, parents who are lost and they're like, this is not working, but I don't have the time to look and interview everyone. So I created Hope Sparks Network, which is free for parents and educators to join, full of resources, full of conversations. And it was so amazing to see all of these people from different sectors of education, academia, research, ed tech, school builders, micro school, psychologists, and learners come together and kind of break down their, their like camps and their silos to mm. start to communicate and, and learn and grow from each other. And so that hope sparks was, was the spark. And from there, I had an idea that maybe bringing people together in live events would yet be another layer of fulfilling my desire to connect the dots and connect people. So Hope Brain Trust started a year ago and I bring people together each month. It started out once a month and now it's like anywhere from six to eight live learning events or collaboration, networking, um, get togethers with people from literally around the world and all different ages. We have mm. our youngest are like 12, our eldest are in their 80s. And sometimes we have the youngest teaching the eldest mm. on topics like AI, future of learning, using the AI tools, um, emotional intelligence, how to support parents. Um, sometimes people come on and, and really showcase their approach to learning, mm. math, literacy. Um, and my, my kind of focus is creating a very engaging, warm, friendly, and interactive space 
And I know you've been on one of them, so maybe you could speak to that. Yeah, I really loved being part of it. It was the one on quantum, um, was it quantum physics? And self-esteem. And self-esteem and the inner like connectedness of all of that. And the presentation was so insightful, but then I loved the multiple breakout rooms and sharing with so many different people from around the world with so many different backgrounds and insights. And it left me with just, you know, such an inspiration to just want to keep digging more into, you know, finding all of those like interconnected pieces to different aspects and not everything, like you said, is in like a silo. Um, and this is just the beginning of the work I've been doing on my own journey because I'm still in a very traditional school model, but I've started to explore more those alternative education spaces. Um, attended ARA, which is the Alternative Education Resource Organization, did a presentation there, and now I've been connecting with individuals from that organization and then through the Brain Trust. And some of those speakers you've had on the Brain Trust will be on this podcast as well. So the web is growing, Hope. I love it's it. Like a, it's like a living, breathing organism. That's what really I find is. so cool is I'm learning and you're learning. It, it is, as a mentor of mine shares, we are playing the infinite game. And if you've studied Buckminster Fuller, who was very much focused on mm -hmm. education and building and our world and our systems, he often talked about playing this infinite game where everybody wins. Everybody is playing a part in this larger system. And I think yeah. going about our work, going about our impact and contribution in this way is like, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way to put it. I mean, we're all in it together. And instead of having like hierarchy, you know, where the people on the top are directing you or the teacher or this position is mentoring you, that it's like this whole kind of circle cycle constantly moving around, swirling and growing and that we're all gaining from one another. We're gaining and we're flourishing because we're in these spaces together. Totally. and. I have to say my fave, my favorite part of this brain trust at the moment is being taught by young people. Yeah. Whenever I have a chance to have a young person lead. So if you know of anyone or anybody listening to this podcast knows anyone, I want to have the young people be sitting at the table. If we're talking yes. about future of learning, we need more young people sharing yeah. their perspective because it isn't the same as us who were brought up in the more conventional system where we were conditioned, even though we don't even think we were, we, we were, oh, yeah. and we keep trying to do things differently, but it, I find it actually takes a young voice who's very direct and very confident to say, wait a minute, you're, you're doing it again. Could you just do it differently? And this is how. Mm. Yeah. That's wonderful. Can you give an example of maybe a session or presentation that you had, I know you mentioned AI, and I would love to dive into that too, that um, there was a young person on to really lead maybe something that was a engaging yeah. conversation. Yeah. He's 12. And he and his father discovered that he knew a lot about AI. And his father is an entrepreneur, he runs several businesses, and he, he tag team with his son to create a business where the 12 year old would go out and teach elders or adults 
how to access AI in an accessible, simple, mm-hmm. clear way. He created a whole website. He created a whole kind of lesson plan. And I thought, okay, let's let's see how it is with lots of educators. Let's bring them on. And yeah. he was amazing, confident, clear. He went through the whole incredible presentation. And then the best part is the Q&A at the end. Because he got questions like, what about cheating? Or what about like if children misuse this, misuse this? And he's like, they will if you don't trust them and find out it's kind of like using technology or screens if you don't know what they're using it for you don't seek to understand what the tool is bringing to them then they're going to misuse it and they're not going to care about your rules they'll find their way around Mm. it and the way he responded a 12 year old like flabbergasted the educators because they couldn't argue with it it was a perspective that like (laughs) You can see a group of educators around a table kind of going around in circles being like, not a good idea, not a good idea. And he was like, hey, wait a minute. You can put these governors on. You can put these checks. He's, he came up with ideas for them to like try and support the learners not to cheat. But mm-hmm. he's like, at the end of the day, you have to trust young people and they'll feel it if you don't. Yes. Yeah. And you have to let them just make mistakes. Like, it's okay to try something out and then you're like, oh, you know, maybe I did use too much of this, like, you know, information from AI and I'm not using my own voice and it doesn't sound authentic. And how am I playing with it? Because you have to be able to explore and experiment and let them make mistakes and let them come to their own kind of uh, reflection of, oh yeah, that didn't really work. Or maybe that's not how I want to use it. Instead of saying, no, don't do that. Or no, you were cheating. And it's just so, um, it's just more about discipline than anything. So I love how this 12 year old is giving this advice and this lesson to teachers, but talking in a very eloquent way and wanting them really to see, you know, what it's like from a learner's point of view. So that's great. And I, we're just on the cutting edge of just like seeing what AI is. Our school has a policy where each department has to put it in their syllabus. And for me, like I told my students, like you're going to use it and we're going to play with it, you know, but I want to have us talk about like, what is, how is it a tool and that can help you when you brainstorming? And then how do you, you don't want to like lose your own integrity. You don't want to lose your own creative thought, right? So we have to be very discerning with how we use it. And that is part of the learning process. And we're doing it too as adults. I use it. I use AI. I mean, I'm in the creative space, creating a podcast and writing a book. And if I just need to like work out some language or start with some ideas, because I got some words, I got some phrases and I'm thinking of something. And then like, I play with it and I'm not just like, oh, yeah, it gave me an idea. I didn't really think too much about it. I'm just going to plop it over here. Like I'm working as like a team player kind of with AI. I think it's like a really neat thing to do. It's a good co-pilot. Do. I've heard that. And I like a co-pilot. co-pilot. Yes. Um, and, and just to extend the Hope Brain Trust beyond my live events, I have been uh, requested by a number of teachers or principals working in the system, the public system. Uh, and private schools saying, hey, do you know anyone teaching courses on AI this year? And mm. I you, I got to admit, I am pushing the 12-year-old to come in and deliver that course. <laughs> and a few people are like, whoa, we can't have a 12-year-old teach us. I'm like, why not? Yeah, yeah. I, it could be really, speaking of a co-pilot, 
if a, a teacher had mm. a 12 year old delivering to their students who were like 12, 13, 14, you better believe the students would learn much faster and the teacher could like kind of co-pilot with the 12 year old mm -hmm. delivering mm -hmm. it and the AI. It would be incredible. Yeah. Oh, the when in your peer is teaching you something like our students love it when they're up and they're doing more of a student led discussion or something where yeah. they can bring whatever they created and engage the class that they're like, listening to their their peer more so than the totally. teacher and the teacher yeah. there is to facilitate I'm here how do we manage space how do we maybe help organize groups and how we're going to lead this kind of discussion but like you can bring in your you know intellect your creativity your ideas your perspective and I'm like kind of co-creating with you on how to like use this space because that's kind of maybe my expertise and I'm learning from you as well. Like I think education definitely needs to be about co-creation and the learner and like the facilitator kind of like changing up language from teacher student is really kind of bringing something to life together. Yeah, yeah. in an ideal world. And I know you're doing that, um, which is really a blessing to have people like you when you were on the last brain trust I had a few people chat after saying why wasn't she my teacher <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing that grace into the way you show up as a human and I just want to reflect that back because I think thank that that's an ingredient that we need in more teachers more humans is feeling good about yourself and feeling comfortable and confident to like compliment and support other people openly yeah. and you do that yeah. I think Thank kids you. need that example yeah and knowing that we're all kind of just working our way through and trying to figure it out as we go along and support one another I like the word you used grace that's been a huge word for just my journey <laughs> since starting all of this is that I think you can be a revolutionary and you can make change when you do it in a place of love and grace, because people might are might be more open to listen to your ideas or join you on your journey because they see it's coming from a place of real care and not just mm. saying, hey, you're doing everything wrong and this is how it should be, you know? So thank you for saying that. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm a bit of a um, diviner of really caring people. I seek them out people yeah yes you're connecting amazing people in the brain trust is there anything else you want to share about the brain trust looking forward anything else any other ideas about your um yeah ideas? actually yeah. I do have a fun idea that I've been brewing and I will be sharing more information in the brain trust network and also on my social platforms is zoom is fun and all but not as good as in person so I experimented last year in Bali and held an event. It was five days in different environments at, at school, in co-working and people's villas. And we brought together over a hundred people in each wow. setting to um, talk about the future of learning and work and family because they're pretty interconnected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we had speakers who were young teenagers and we had speakers who were adults, grown-ups. And so my plan for this coming year, it's likely going to be after January, is to put on several events, intergenerational sort of jam sessions where we get to shine a spotlight in person of what's possible. 
Because I think when we see examples, we see evidence, real proof that you can live your family life differently. You can learn differently. You can work differently with these amazing, inspiring people offering their stories and their you know, revealing how they got there and perhaps some failures along the way to make it really real and vulnerable. Um, I think that will spark more people to perhaps take some more leaps. So that's yeah. coming down the pike and I can't wait to see you in person at one of these. Yes, I, I will love to attend. I think that's a wonderful idea. Having Zoom, having virtual um, kind of retreats, conferences, workshopping, it's great because then you can connect people from all over the world, especially if it's difficult financially to fly, lodging, yeah. all of that. But having those spaces are really powerful. Everything I've done in person, like going to the, it was their first time going back in person to the Aero conference. I did a spiritual retreat, you know, in person. And I've done them also these types of um, workshops, like virtually, I mean, in person, you just leave with such an energy and it makes you want to go out and do something different. It really does. It, it lights a yeah. fire under you. So I can see that happening in 2024. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear about that. Do it. Yes, <laughs> we're going to do it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming oh. on the teacher story. Um, would you like to share any contact information or how our listeners can find you? And I'll put that in the show notes. Sure, you can put in the show notes. Really, my website is the easiest, and it's hope, H-O-P-E, Patterson with one T, dot C-A. And I have most of my information there. And the Hope Sparks Network is just hopesparksnetwork.com. Come join Wonderful. Us. Yes, come join Hope. You are just such a light, such an inspiration, and you have this calm about you, this center and grounding and whenever I'm talking with you, I just feel that energy too. And it, I know you're a magnet. You're 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 bringing people in, and they're all coming together. So something very oh, special. Thank you. That's an yeah. honor. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the teacher story. If you like this story, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also follow this podcast on YouTube and subscribe and leave a comment. All reviews help this podcast keep going and elevating teacher voices.